Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I'm so glad that you came to join us today. You are going to love this book and this lovely lady who wrote it. Uh, The book is called The Sunshine Effect. And I just when I saw the title of it, I thought, oh, that sounds like something I want to read because it's it's so positive. And I love to read things that are positive that I can get a lot out of and put into action in my life. And that's what this kind of book is. So you're you're really going to like this. So this is Renee Dutton, the author of this book, and welcome, Renee. I'm so glad you're here today. Hi, thank you, Emily. What a pleasure to be here. I admire you, and I'm just thrilled to be on here with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I I really enjoyed your book. Usually when I'm getting ready for a podcast, I go through and I mark some things and I take some notes and I'm already in with <laughs> with yours. I just kept writing and writing because <laughs> I kept saying, oh, I want to remember that because it was it was all all uh, really good. And and first of all, I like the way you set the book up, that you have the three common elements in every chapter where you started with, oh, no, I just had it and it disappeared. Yeah, the way they're they're labeled, the, I can't believe that pic, <laughs> I had it right here before we started talking. Right, so <laughs> but, a personal story. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. they, but they, they have different names, the, the name of the story. Yeah, so every, there are 22 chapters. Every chapter has a different title but they're actually 22 chapters in my life. And that's 50% of the chapter. And then 25% is the science behind what I'm telling you to do is actually really going to work. And it was so funny because I wrote the entire book just based on my life. And then my publisher said, you can't do that. You you have to prove this. You cannot just go around saying that. And then I went and I Googled it. Um, Out of 120 scientific things, I found 120 of them instantly. So everything I was saying that I felt and lived in my life was true, and it's now backed by science. So that's 25%. And the other 25% of the book are action steps that you can take that apply directly to your situation, whether losing a loved one or what whatever it is that you're dealing with as a human in this difficult day of living. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it, it's it's just beautiful the way you tied it all together. And I, I found my list, <laughs> fortunately. And that yeah. first thing that your story that you're talking about, uh, it was labeled a positive catalyst for each chapter. Right. And right. I love that, that just the word catalyst, it shows, okay, there's, this is what it's all about that is inspired you to talk about what you're talking about in that chapter. And it just made it all make so much sense. And it felt so personal. And I felt like you were talking directly to me and it, it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I love that. Else prepared, right? <laughs> yeah. 
it. it it's so because I, I kind of write that way, too, because I I'm better and I have kind of the, the opposite of experience instead of um, where your publisher told you to, to prove it. When we were going through the editing process, they're saying you're talking too much about yourself. <laughs> you know, it's you got to be talking about them. So I really had had to look at it because I thought that what I was using was explaining, you know, giving an example of of what it was that I was talking about. Where you, the way you set it up with the story first and then proved it, essentially, it really worked. It it was really a great way to write your book. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it, it was about me too. It was. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first half of the chapters, it, it's more like a novel, some of it, depending mm-hmm. on which chapter you're hitting. But it was, and I'm not comfortable talking about myself either. So kudos to those who are. Mm-hmm. Because um, with our publisher, we have a common publisher for one of our books. I think she's all about telling your story and all about sharing so that we know we're all going through this but I don't really enjoy talking about my stories Um, (laughs) but then you get more comfortable right and and, yeah the 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 way that you told them was right it's uh one of the things that I I wrote here is uh, the effect of stories I told myself and I like that so you're not just telling stories you're you're there's a reason for whatever it is that you're telling Mm -hmm. and the the effects it kind of shows people the whatever they say you know your your words have consequences or your actions have consequences they really, really do. <laughs> and that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and and you've got the, the power lies within you to create a positive life. And that, I think, is, is the main message here, that we can all do this. We can overcome so much that, that you wouldn't have dreamed that you were even going to have that kind of experience, but you can overcome it and, and make your life positive. And that's, that's kind of the message I was getting through the, the whole book that I, I really loved. Thank you. Well, that was the message, but I do want to say that when you are in so much grief, which you understand, mm-hmm. Um, or so much pain or so much suffering it's hard to get our bodies and our brains to cooperate it's like I I see I love my children I love my rose bushes I love the sunset but you don't really feel that in your body that's more your brain trying to get you to feel okay when you just don't and when you've been through trauma or a lot of suffering, your body gets off. It's in fight or flight. And I'm just going to assume most people can figure out what that is, or if you want me to explain it, I can. <laughs> no, I, I think that's pretty self-explanatory, yeah. <laughs> All right. So at some point, I mean, there were times when I was like, okay, God, I know I'm here for a reason, but I need a crumb. I just need to feel better. I, I cannot do what I know I'm supposed to do and feel because I'm just feeling anxious, feeling sad, feeling out of whack. And that's when I just was on a mission to learn how to calm down the nervous system, to 
change the brain. Neuroplasticity is a very real thing. And again, if I start spewing stuff that doesn't make sense, just stop me. <laughs> well, yeah, the neuroplasticity, I think, is a very interesting concept. Could you explain that so our, our readers can understand? Sure. So your brain kind of goes into autopilot based on what it's used to doing, thinking, um, experiencing. And then when you become incredibly conscious and you catch every thought, you catch every feeling, you catch your body becoming anxious for me, I'd be like, no. <laughs> Okay, if we're on podcast, they can just see that. But, yeah. <laughs> but you are consciously understanding what you're thinking and feeling, and you are directing it towards attempting to feel and think about something that brings you more joy or more happiness or more gratitude, appreciation, and your body will start calming down. And in the book, again, there, there are times where I talk about me being, so I'm, I, I'm an empath, incredibly sensitive to every emotion, every thought. I feel you here. I feel everybody all the time. Those of us that do that don't want to do that anymore, <laughs> but we do. And we have to learn how to deal with it and how to calm our bodies down. And there are all these tools I talk about in the book that help that. And once you learn how to do that, then it just life gets easier and you can try to refocus. You do start feeling more joy without trying. And so everything starts settling down a little bit. It, you know, what you were saying there makes me think of something that I, I find myself saying often to other people when they're they're dealing with something is is that you you have to get out of your own way because we, we, we get just, out of your own body's pain uh-huh. yeah <laughs> anxiety and to all of you people out there in the world that have panic attacks I've never had one close to it but I've never had a full-on panic attack but I understand the feeling of uncomfortable and a racing heart and it is something that you can train Mm -hmm. and life gets easier so that's part of what the sunshine effect is about part of it is an attitude but part of it is teaching your body to work with you rather than against you Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what came across to me that, that you can have some control. I think a lot of times, uh, for instance, in, in grief, when somebody you love dies or any other kind of grief that you deal with, because you can grieve losing a job, a relationship, a home, there's, you know, there's lots of different kinds of grief that you have in your life and you can get a little terrified by thinking, what do I do now? Everything is unfamiliar territory and I can't handle this. I don't know how. I haven't done it before. And if you back up from that and go, yes, I can. You know, I you know, I, I can sit here and be lonely for the rest of my life, or I can go someplace where there's somebody there so that I'm, I'm not by myself. And th- that's the, the kind of things that we do have choices. A lot of times we don't think we have choices. We think we've gotten this, this position of the sadness or loneliness from something beyond our control. 
but that doesn't mean you have to stay there. And your book just offers so many ways of of things that you can do to brighten your life, to bring some sunshine in, to make it more positive. And I love that. Thank you. And the the pain, the sadness, it's real. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be a lifetime commitment. It can be something you're going through at that moment. And you can learn how to work your way out of it. But again, I think it's it's working with mind, body, soul, all of it. It's all connected. And if one of them takes control, <laughs> you're out, right? If your body goes down because of cancer, because you're just so sad, or if you're, your mind, you're in an incredible depression. And all of this is real. I mean, I, I, I've... I have not had cancer. I've had some anxiety, some sadness. I've not had full blown, but my heart goes up to those people that have. And I know it's a real thing, but I don't think it's somewhere you have to stay if you can figure out the tools. And with the internet these days, so this is what I did for in all my spare time when my kids went away to college, the dog, the husband, the whole world that had to sell the house, everything left. (laughs) And it was just me and time. And it was the biggest gift I've ever been given because I had the time to learn and research everything. And um, I've learned everything can change if you know how to do it. Yeah, it can change. And there's a big deal about priorities too, because we can we can get so bogged down with stuff. You know, you've got you have a whole lot of stuff and you keep buying more stuff and you have to store stuff, you have to pay for stuff, you have, you know, all that sort of thing. And when you when you realize, at least for me, I got to the point where I realized that stuff wasn't what was important in my life. And that was so freeing. Then then I could concentrate on what uh what was important yes and i've learned that everything can be fleeting including Mm -hmm. stuff so um been in four places in the last five years even though i owned and remodeled my house for 22 years in in the last five years i've been in four places and every time i've moved I've got rid of more stuff and I'm like I I need it for something I I don't even know if I still have it Mm -hmm. but to maybe if I never had it and I knew exactly what I had and where it was that would free up a lot of time right yeah 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 it's it uh it is really freeing to uh release that and I know when we moved here from to Hawaii from the mainland, I'd accumulated years of stuff. And even though I moved a few times, it was still just lots of stuff. And I got rid of what I thought was tons of stuff. And when I got here, I realized I still have too much. And so I'm, I'm still getting rid of stuff that I don't need anymore. But it, for me, it makes me. I think that that's that's really important to uh, be able to be doing that. If if someone would really appreciate something that you have, like I had a, a piano 
that had I nobody was playing anymore. And I I love piano and I kept thinking I was going to play it and it just sat there. And I knew somebody who had a young daughter who wanted to take piano lessons. And I had wanted to take piano lessons so bad when I was little and we didn't have a piano. And so I gave it to him. And I felt so good about that. You know, when you can just give something away, then that that gave me a lot more space in my house to not have that piano there that wasn't being used. So if you can, you can look at, it doesn't have to be something as big as a piano. It can just, I complimented somebody one day that uh, we, there's a group of us that get together every week. And, and this uh, one girl had on this shirt that I thought was just beautiful. And I told her it was just gorgeous. And she had on, it, it, the shirt was over the top of something else. She just took her shirt off and gave it to me. She goes, I oh, want I you. Love it. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, here, have it. What? <laughs> It's not it, it, it feels so good both ways. She felt really good about giving it I to bet. me, and I was just tickled to give it. So, okay, so I have to circle back before we continue on to the piano story and how you always wanted to play the piano. So, just to reiterate how we are all so different, and nobody's opinion or life experience is like anybody else's. So, when I was, I don't know, maybe four. Definitely by five, um, my parents thought I was going to be a fantastic musician. Mm -hmm. So I was required to sit at the piano with the timer for an hour with a metronome. Do you know what that is? Metronome, yeah. I said it right. And I was miserable. And I never wanted to have a piano. And I never, you know, as soon as I was old enough to not have to sit there with the timer <laughs> and do the metronome. But so we all just have different experiences. And yes, I gave away the piano too. <laughs> and you felt good about it too for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it away a long time ago. But yeah, so we all just have such different life experiences. And I think the one thing, you didn't even ask, and it's not even the, the main point about the book. But the thing I really feel passionate about is perspective and how we all unconsciously think that the way that we view situations or the world is the way that everybody else views it. And if we could all understand that none of us get each other, <laughs> nobody fully understands what you're going through, right? I mean, I can say my heart goes out to you for your losses, but do I really know? I don't, I haven't, I have not been in that exact situation. But the one thing I have learned is not to judge it. And I'm, I'm just, fortunate that I'm able to be there and I feel like that is a blessing if we can all learn not to take things personally and that's a chapter towards the end when I'm like done with the book where I'm like no I gotta get this in <laughs> not take things personally not put our opinion or perspective because I was I was born and brought up in a pretty opinionated environment where you're supposed to be a certain way and act a certain way and it's just not true there's no there's no definite way that we should act except to be kind mm -hmm. and to help each other and not to put our opinion on it i think the opinions 
the I'm right, you're wrong is really messing us up. It, it really is. And when when you can get to that spot where you realize that it doesn't really matter what you think about somebody else or what their behavior is or what they're doing, it 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 really isn't of consequence. And and when you take responsibility for yourself and don't say, well, I have to justify everything because you know I didn't do anything wrong or it, it's always somebody else's fault and you know people like that and. That they're never going to be happy when when they're like that. When they have when when we release things that don't serve us, like things like that. I I realized I was just doing something the other day, and I just started to to say to myself, "Oh well, it's because this happened." And I thought, "No, it's not. <laughs> you know, it just happened. <laughs> Give it up. You know, <laughs> that's not going to serve you to to be making excuses or blaming or shaming someone else. That's not helpful." Yeah, sometimes we feel the way we feel, and I will give a lot of slack for that. You just feel the way you feel sometimes. But if it's because of blaming or shaming, if you take that element off of it, it'll dissipate more quickly. Yeah, it is. It's just it kind of putting everything in into perspective makes makes such a, a huge difference. Is like is is this is this true? Is this really true? And if it is true, do I really need to say it or do I really need to do something about it? It's, it's, I don't know if you've heard of Byron Katie, but she kind of has a series of questions like that, that when you start asking those questions, it's really kind of freeing because you realize you don't have to carry whatever that was around. You don't have to carry an emotion or a feeling, just like the stuff we were talking about Feelings and emotions can be heavy too and can weigh you down. So, So do I have time for a 60 to 90 second story? Sure, please. It's not a 10 second story. Okay, so um, life is kind of chapter one for anybody who's read chapter one, but life is pretty much just falling apart. Everything's going away. My dad's dying so after the kids go to college the divorce the giving away the puppy my dad's in the hospital dying and my heart just I just want to help he's suffering I can hear his moaning his pain distraction how can you distract him and this was 10 years ago so I'm my phone there are beautiful pictures on my phone. They now have music to pictures. So, so I pull up my phone and I'm showing my dad the beautiful scenery in the world with music. And it's like, it's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful world. And then he passes and I keep this. It is a beautiful world. It is, there's so much beauty. We we focus on our pain, our suffering, the war, the whatever, but, but it is a beautiful world. And I just kept doing that. And then I started blogging about it and taking pictures of all the beautiful things in the world. And before I knew it, I got forced out of my house, but I ended up in this place with a 180 degree view of the ocean with the sun setting. I mean, you could not possibly find more beauty. (laughs) So I keep blogging, I keep photographing, I keep sharing it. And then I get forced out of that, but I end up on the lake. 
And I was devastated, but it was perfect because I was going into COVID and it was the perfect place to be. And then they called up for a move in. Oh, we're putting in a dock. And then I get a boat for nothing, pretty much. And then the beauty in nature, the beauty in the sunset and the animals and the if you just keep focusing on whatever you focus on really is what you see. <laughs> it, and then lately I've been more busy. I'm not as much. It's a beautiful world. I still have a great place, but, there's, there's, but I don't have that anymore. <laughs> so I'm telling you, there. whatever you focus on is what you see, whether it shows up. I don't care how you perceive it, whatever you're comfortable with. But what you focus on does become what you see. That's right. It becomes you. It, whatever it is. Being careful about how I say it because I know different people feel differently about the way we phrase things, right? But yeah, but it, yeah I just, it's a beautiful world. And then every night were these incredible sunsets and on the ocean, on the lake. I didn't expect that, but being so focused on my dad and then trying to hold that, it's what I was thinking about all the time. And I ended up in the middle of it. So however you want to, you're, if you're very analytical like me, you're going to be, you know, how, <laughs> <laughs> but however you want to take it, I'm just saying for me, it it's really important to focus on the good. Absolutely. If if that's what people take away from this conversation today, we won. You know, that's great. <laughs> is that that's where it really is. I, I know when I first discovered I could take pictures with my cell phone, it like opened a, a whole new world to me. And I'm I'm seeing that beauty that you're describing all the time. And when I see it, I take a picture so that I can go back and look at it again. Because well, I so just love that about it and sharing it with the world and then it becomes tenfold mm -hmm. when you share it so I went from a hundred followers in the middle of COVID, COVID to 15,000 oh my goodness <laughs> now I've been hacked and I'm locked out of Facebook so oh. it's okay that's technology right but the world just wanted to see the ducks that came up to the patio and the sun that was setting. And I'm like, okay, it's it's month four without seeing a person that other than across the street. Or, I mean, we were in full-on lockdown. I didn't, my children had a respiratory so my children didn't want to take a chance and my mother's older she wouldn't take a chance so I literally did not see a person for four months but boy was I in the middle of beauty and nature and the ducks just coming up to my glass door and, <laughs> and that's a chapter two but yeah life does kind of become what you expect not that it's always that yeah but if, if you if that's what you're looking for, that's what you're going to see. Where if you focus on the negative, that's what you're going to see. So it's it's really important to be mindful of the decisions that you're making along the way. And I know I'll I'll stop whatever I'm doing when uh, my son lives with me, and 
if I'm in another part of the house where he sits, he can see the sunset all the time and he'll go, you got to see this one. And so I grab my phone and go outside immediately. I don't wait to see whether or not it's going to happen because those sunsets are so fleeting. You know, they, they don't last for a really long time. And if I get a picture, then I can enjoy it for days. It's just wonderful. I love to see that. And I'm I'm going through this big experience right now with we've had a lot of dry weather on Maui, which doesn't happen. It's it's always been a very, very green island and things are really turning ground brown. And last week I was thinking, I don't remember the last time I saw a rainbow. And I thought that one day, the next day, I started seeing rainbows. And for the last six days, I've seen usually more than one rainbow every day. And the variety of rainbows, the giant rainbows and the double rainbows and the vivid colored rainbows and then the faint rainbows. And it's like, I'm so glad I was concentrating on that because it just, I can't help but smile. I can't help but just take a deep breath and relax and say that there is still beauty in the world. There's still hope. We're obviously getting some moisture that we so desperately need. And and it's just being revealed in such a beautiful way. And I'm so glad I'm paying attention to that because somebody else could be driving down the road and not even notice the rainbows up there. Yeah. So my favorite song is Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though if you look at my house and I, other than the yellow branding, everything's white. I like it really clean. I'm, I'm not really like an orange, red, yellow, purple, but rainbows have something special. And are you photographing them? Because oh, yeah. I, okay, good. So photograph them and share them. Yeah, I actually did. That's what I wrote my blog about that I I posted yesterday. And I had this picture you mentioned over the rainbow. I went to an art class uh, last week at this beautiful art center here on the island that it was this lovely mansion on, on the top of a hill. And then all around it, it has some outbuildings. And so you can go to any kind of art class you can imagine going around there. And when when I, I started walking up to the building, I could see that I was I was standing kind of up on top of a hill and I looked forward and I could see the top of a rainbow and I thought, I'm over the rainbow. Oh and so I, I had to take a picture, but the picture was perfect. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I think I'm always under the rainbow, but yeah, <laughs> it was really neat. Well, we live on the side of, of Haleakala, which is a, a volcano that fortunately is is quite quiet. <laughs> so uh, we don't really have to worry about it, but it makes it so that it's it's kind of uh, steep on the way down from where we are. And we look out over the valley that goes through the middle of Maui, why it's called the Valley Isle. And because we're up high, depending on the weather and where clouds are and stuff, it's not unusual to be over the rainbow, to be looking at the top of a rainbow. I've never seen that. Yeah, and, and to look down, it, it's just really, to me, it, it excites me, you know. Like you said, not many people have seen that. They're not in a physical position where it's possible. So, so if you go hike up a mountain, not get hit by lightning on your way in the rain up the mountain, then maybe you'll be over the rainbow? You could. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you're looking for it, you got <laughs> to keep your eye out there. <laughs> yeah, make sure you don't have anything that's yeah. <laughs> <all> attractive. 
Oh, well, that's amazing. Okay, I want to see that picture, please. I will send it to you. And, and, and for those of you listening, go to my website and uh, look at my blogs. And there's a picture of it I because I put it with what I posted this week because it, it just... It kind of amazed me. I was so tickled that that I had enough sense to get my camera out and <laughs> take the picture real quick, so I didn't lose that precious moment there. Oh, it's so much easier with cell phones, right? But tell us again what what is your website? What what do we go to to see that? Go that one is on loving and living your way through grief. That was the name of my first book. I've got two websites, and on that one, there's a link to my blog, and I, I write a blog every week, and always have a picture that I generally it's it, a lot of them are pictures that I took, but I did. I have so many beautiful pictures of here on Maui that. When I just uh, released a set of 52 cards that are cards with things on them that can help you through your grief that were actually the things that I wrote to a friend and a, a note every week during her, her first year of grief after her husband died. And she said, you know, you should publish this. And I'd been thinking about that for years. And we finally got it published. And on one side of each card, there's a different picture of something beautiful that I took on Maui. So I just pulled this up yesterday for the first time, and I noticed, I mean, I just quickly looked at them, honestly, and I noticed that they had different images and different quotes, but wow, so 52 different... 52 different things that I wrote to her about, and that's that's actually where my books came from, because once I wrote out the 52 things, I thought, that's an outline, <laughs> So I have two books and they each have 26 chapters in them. So they, uh, it's, that's where the 52 chapters were inspired by, where the 52 different things that I wrote to provide comfort for her. Beautiful. So then those it, things like that can happen to anybody. You just pay attention to your inspiration. You know, when something comes to you, don't just brush it off, but think about it and think what can result from it. It took years to develop from the the idea of sending her these cards to have the cards actually realized so that other people can share them too. So things don't have to be instant if you can't do it right now. Just remember, gee, I always wanted to do that. Well, instead of saying I always wanted to do that, do it. Beautiful advice. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Well, your book is so fabulous. I just think everybody needs to read it. And on uh, the underneath the podcast here will be the links so that you can get to her book and uh, everything that you want to know about Renee. She's just a delightful person. And you can you can just feel the sunshine radiating off the page when you read this book. Thank you. It's the contrast that allows the brightness to be that bright, because if you didn't know the other side of things, you yeah. wouldn't appreciate how beautiful and wonderful things can be. Absolutely. Otherwise, it just feels superficial and bare. Well, you know, if it's just about feeling, but you have to... Taking all spectrums and all in order to really fill it, I think. Yes. Okay, God, I've, I've had enough lessons. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we don't have control. It just we have control over how long we stay in a bad place. Mm -hmm. 
and we have control about what we learn and the tools that we use to help us and how we take care of ourselves. But we don't have control of the world. And I think that's why the world's spinning right now, because it feels like nobody has control with all this crazy stuff going on, right? Yeah. That's right. And so you have to you have to focus on the positive and see what you can do in every situation to make things a little bit better. Yes. One thought at a time, one person at a time. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you, Renee. I really appreciate this conversation and being able to talk to you today. And I know a lot of people are going to be smiling when they hear it and that they're going to be reading your book because they know that they're going to get a lot out of it and it's going to help them so much. Oh, thank you, Emily. And your books, all your books are fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. So, and to our listeners, I'm looking forward to seeing you again next week and we'll have another guest that you can smile about too. It's, it's, it's all about being able to realize that you can be happy and that that's very important. So thank you for listening and aloha for this week. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.